Gavin Lux tore his ACL and is out for the year. What do the Dodgers do now? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. And talking about FanDuel, the odds for the Los Angeles Dodgers to make the World Series and win the World Series took a little bit of a hit. Uh, as you may have heard, uh, shortstop Gavin Lux, former top prospect in this system, uh, in 2020, uh, tore his ACL running to third in a spring training game and will miss the entire season. Now, uh, there is a little bit of, not silver lining here, but uh, the Dodgers do have a backup plan. They went out earlier in the offseason and they traded a prospect, a shortstop prospect, Jacob Amaya, to the Miami Marlins to get veteran Miguel Rojas. So, Miguel Rojas is somebody that can come in and can cover some, uh, can, can play shortstop defensively at a pretty good level despite being in his 30s. So you have an option at shortstop if you need someone to play the position every day. And they came out and said some other things on, on Tuesday afternoon that they were going to have Chris Taylor work a little bit more on his arm, start a throwing program so that he could cover some innings at shortstop and things like that. But this is a team with World Series aspirations, right? And you're looking at potentially breaking in some new options at second or at third and Miguel Vargas, uh, breaking in, you know, options like a Diego Cartaya, working on, you, you just lost some outfield options. Cody Bellinger's no longer part of this team. And so it feels like this is a loss that you maybe necessarily can't take, right? You can't lose, uh, just have a black hole of, of offense at shortstop this season. And so, common assumption is that the Dodgers are going to go out and make a trade, right? And one of the big things, the first thing that popped up when you, I know not everybody agrees with baseball trade values, but it is a useful barometer to see what people are interested in. One of the first things that comes up when you search for Dodgers transactions dated February 28th is the Dodgers trading for shortstop Willie Adamas of the Brewers. So, Willie Adamas, a couple things to know about here. Uh, 6'1, 214, 139 games last year. This was his second year there in uh, Milwaukee after being traded from the race. He actually performed much better offensively when he got traded from the race. He said he couldn't see the ball very well in Tropicana Field. But last year, 238, 298, 458, 31 home runs, 62 extra base hits. 49 walks to 166 strikeouts and 8 of 11 on stolen bases. The reason that we're discussing Willie Adamas possibly being available is the money. We've seen, uh, obviously, Milwaukee is considered to be a lower revenue team. We have seen them make moves, get rid of guys, trying to uh, save a little bit of money. Their payroll actually has gone down, if I have that correct, th this offseason from last year. And Willie Adamas is in the second year of arbitration. 
he is making $8.7 million at age 26. He will be an ARB3 in 2024, which would be another probably couple million dollars in, in a, a pay raise, and then a free agent in 2025. And so if you are looking at finding somebody who is at least average defensively, league average last year was a 974 fielding percentage from shortstops. Willie Adamas was a 973. So if you're looking for somebody who's going to give you a round league average defense or potentially better depending on coaching and things like that, Willie Adamas is an attractive option as someone who can give you something on offense more than what you're going to get from Miguel Rojas. The big question here becomes, is this deal just Willie Adamas or do you try to get Corbin Burns as part of this trade as well? I think there's a couple different ways you can structure the trade based on if you are just trying to get Willie Adamas or if you're trying to make a package deal, get Willie Adamas and a Corbin Burns or, you know, a Brandon Woodruff, I would, I would probably assume Burns would be the one you would go get. So, refresher in case you forgot who, you know, Corbin Burns was. Won the Cy Young in 2021. Uh, 6'3", 245. Started 33 games last year, so 202 innings. Uh, 294 ERA, 243 strikeouts, 10.8 per nine, 251 walks, 2.3 per nine. Uh, 23 home runs allowed. That's the big difference in his year last year versus his Cy Young year. In his Cy Young year, the home runs allowed a lot lower. He allowed seven home runs and 167 innings in 2021 to 23 home runs in 2022. So he went from 0.4 home runs per nine, that more than doubled, to one home run per nine innings. Still an all-star, still got Cy Young votes. He was seventh in the Cy Young in 2022, but just not quite to the level of what he did in 2021 where he had the league's lowest ERA. Uh, the league's lowest home runs per nine, the league's best strikeouts per nine, uh, and the best strikeout per walk rate in the game. So the compensation here, I think, depends on what you are doing in the package. Is it just Willie Adamas or is it Willie Adamas and Corbin Burns? Because if you look at how these systems match up, I don't think there's a lot of interest in number one prospect for the Dodgers, Diego Cartaya, from Milwaukee's perspective. They just got William Contreras. They were the third team in that Sean Murphy from the A's to the Braves deal. And so I don't necessarily know if they have a lot of interest in catcher Diego Cartaya. Yes, you have the DH spot, you can play him, but also you have a ton of outfielders that you're trying to promote and the possibility of needing to use Christian Yelich in that DH spot as those outfielders get up here. So that's not a great fit. Uh, that's kind of one of those same things you look at some of the other options of Michael Bush, infielder, second baseman. Again, you have some second baseman in the system that are uh, challenging for spots here in spring training. Not the right kind of fit. Some of the outfielders. Andy Pajes, probably not a great fit. You have a ton of outfielders. Catcher Dalton Rushing is a top 10 prospect in the system. Probably not going to get a catcher. And so to me, the compensation for this trade comes down to pitching. And it's how many arms do you want to include in the trade? And again, that depends on whether or not you're getting Corbin Burns as well or just Willie Adamas. If you are getting just Willie Adamas, then I think you can get away 
with a tier two prospect. And when I talk about the tiers, this is it's something that we got from our friends over at Prospects 1500. When they do the top prospects in a system, they separate them into tiers. Tier three is that's a major league player. It's probably average chances of making the bigs. Tier two is an above average percent like likelihood of making the bigs and being a contributor at the major league level, an above average contributor. And then tier one is not only a high expectation of making the majors, but also the ability to play at an all-star level in the bigs. So tier one, tier two, three, they have more. Tier four is uh, they have a chance of making the bigs or they a good chance of making it, but they probably won't make much of an impact. And then tier five are organizational guys who have an outside chance if they can improve in a way. And so if you're just getting Willie Adamas, you can probably get away with a tier two arm. So right-hand pitcher Gavin Stone, uh, right-hand pitcher Nick Nestrini, right-hand pitcher Emmett Sheehan, left-hand pitcher Maddox Bruns. You can probably get away with just one of those high-caliber arms for Willie Adamas. Obviously, if you're trading and you're, you, know, you probably have to throw in a, a tier four piece as well. Uh, but the centerpiece is going to be centered around that tier two guy that you get. If you try to get Corbin Burns as well, then one, it's going to take a tier one piece, which the only, uh, you have Diego Cartaya as a tier one piece. Again, not a great fit organizationally. Uh, and then right-hand pitcher Bobby Miller. 2020 first rounder, uh, 6'5", 220. Looks like he's potentially one of the best pitchers in the minors. Uh, can hit over 100 miles an hour on the four-seam fastball. Also throws a two-seamer. Uh, slider, two-plane break, a curve, a changeup. Uh, is ETA should be up this year. And so you have to give him up as a Tier 1 guy, and then you probably have to give multiple Tier 2 guys to get Corbin Burns as well. You uh, probably It's probably a pick two of some of those Tier 2 names that we named. A Gavin Stone, a Ryan Pepio, Nick Nestrini, Emmett Sheehan, Maddox Bruns. Probably at least two of those guys to go along with Bobby Miller to get Corbin Burns. Because Corbin Burns is an ARB2 guy. 10.01 million. We talked about this last week. He has ARB3 in 2024. We'll look at a pay raise. And then a free agent in 2025 at age 30. So you get two. If you do it now, you get two years of Corbin Burns in your rotation. Uh, definitely a big trade. Going to be very expensive. Probably going to take, again, a Tier 1, 2, Tier 2 prospects, and then some. You know, Tier 3, Tier 4. You're probably looking at four or five players leaving Los Angeles to go to Milwaukee to get two guys. In just a minute, there's another option that may cost you less, but it might also be harder to pull off because it's trading for a prospect. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. It is the midway point of the NBA season is here, so it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use, and bet on everything from the money line, point scores, threes drained, and all that kind of stuff. Looking at the odds for National League um, you know, like like National League pennant. Who's going to win the National League? Dodgers have moved to plus 410. They are still the favorite, but the margin's a lot closer than it was. The Braves plus 420, the Mets plus 420, the Padres plus 480s, the Phillies plus 700, and the Cardinals plus 1,000. Uh, the Dodgers were in the 200s, plus 200 and 
change uh, just yesterday. So this kind of tells you this did significantly hurt their odds because shortstop obviously is the most important defensive position on the field. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, option number two is trading for a Yankees shortstop. So we talked about the Yankees on the show yesterday. I did that not knowing I was going to be doing a Gavin Lux show today and talking more about the Yankees. So apologize for the for the uh, the East Coast and you know West Coast bias here. But the Yankees have a couple different options if you're trying to make a trade, right? You can see a scenario where they can ask for one of the prospects, Oswald Peraza or Anthony Volpe. Both of them should give you offense from the shortstop position. Anthony Volpe obviously is a top 10 prospect in baseball. He is valued more than an Oswald Peraza, but both of them are good. So Anthony Volpe, Anthony Volpe, sorry, I got that wrong yesterday. Anthony Volpe is seen as having a plus hit tool and a plus power tool. You have more questions about defense with him, but he is the better offensive option of any, probably anybody who would theoretically be available in this scenario. I think it's very unlikely that he gets moved. And if you were to try to make that deal, it probably was going to cost you a tier one prospect. So either Diego Cartaya, because while the Yankees do have catcher Austin Wells, they still could use a catching option. So Diego Cartaya could be there. They could use a defensive left fielder because playing defense in Yankee Stadium in left field is surprisingly tough. And they look for a center fielder skill set in left field. So you could have seen a scenario where somebody like James Altman was moved as a Tier 2 prospect. Uh, but it would have been a Tier 1, so Bobby Miller or Diego Cartaya, and then probably at least two Tier 2 prospects to get Anthony Volpe. I do think there is a good fit here. The Yankees, last year with their trades, and even before that, moved a lot of their organizational pitching, their starting pitching, out of the system at deadline trades, uh, and just to, to make different acquisitions, whether it was Andrew Benatendi, I mean, even going back to getting like Anthony Rizzo, they moved a bunch of pitching out of the system. So I do think there's a good fit here. I just don't know if you're going to be able, if the Dodgers are willing to stomach how many prospects they would need to, to send to New York to get an Anthony Volpe. And so instead, I think what you should do is you should look at Oswald Peraza. So, uh, came up, obviously, had some time last year. But in AAA last year, 99 games in Scranton-Wilkes Bar, 259, 329, 448. 19 home runs, 35 extra base hits, 34 walks to 100 strikeouts. Got 18 games in the big, still has rookie eligibility. 306, 404, 429. One home run, four extra base hits. Six walks to nine strikeouts, two for two on stolen bases. I think Oswald Peraza, if you're trying to get a prospect from the Yankees, I think Oswald Peraza is a more realistic ask from both sides. Uh, Anthony Volpe is somebody where they don't have to promote him to start the year. They do have plenty of options, including Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. We're getting to him in a second, don't worry. 
And so it's something, if they legitimately do want Anthony Volpe to be the new shortstop in the Bronx, then it's very easy to not have to explain why you pick the guy with not as good defense to play short and you put Oswald Peraza at second if you trade Oswald Peraza. I think if you make that trade, and again, you have more options on making the deal from the Dodgers' perspective because you can trade a catcher, again, Dalton Rushing or Diego Cartaya. You can trade an outfielder because you need a good defensive outfielder in Yankee Stadium. And I believe Harrison Bader's on the final year of team control before he's a free agent as well. So, not great. So, you could, I could see a scenario where you had two Tier 2 prospects and a Tier 3 prospect. So, you could do something, for instance, you could do Dalton Rushing as your Tier 3 prospect, and then your two Tier 2s, I could see two pitchers. Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, Nick Nostrini, Emmett Sheehan, Maddox Bruns. Pick two of those names. And then that third player could be a catcher in Dalton Rushing. It could be an outfielder in James Altman. But either way, you can make a deal for Oswald Peraza. Now, I still don't think the Yankees are going to trade Oswald Peraza. But it is very easy to see how these two teams would fit together. I think the Yankees would be open to the conversations because they unloaded Joey Gallo and got Clayton Beater. And pitcher Clayton Beater last year at the trade deadline, has looked very good in spring. And so there is a belief that getting a pitcher from the Dodgers will work out for you because the Dodgers are so good at pitching development. And so again, Volpe is probably a tier one prospect. So either Bobby Miller or Diego Cartaya, and then at least two tier twos, plus probably a tier three. Whereas Peraza, you can probably save one of those big two but you could do two tier twos and a tier three and probably get away with the deal. The other option, and this is very much a, we are banking on Gavin Lux to come back next year, be healthy and be able to be the starting shortstop is trading for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He is not necessarily the favorite of a lot of Yankees fans. And so I do think that there is a possibility of going out and getting him in a trade. Uh, One year, $6 million deal is his deal this year. He'll be a free agent next year in 2024. 5'11", got 142 games in New York last year. 261, 314, 327. Four home runs, 24 extra base hits, 35 walks to 72 strikeouts, and 22 of 26 on stolen bases. Offensively, does not have the same potential as a Peraza or a Volpe or Willie Adamas. Not on the same level as those guys. But he does give you, I mean, he's been in the bigs now for five years. So he does have the experience. It should be easier for him to acclimate and you don't run the risk of a prospect having to overcome a learning curve on a, on a World Series contending roster like the Dodgers roster should be. So if you were to make this deal, you're getting right about average defense. It was a 970 Fielding percentage last year, again, the average for shortstops last year was a 974, so he's right around average defense. You get an average defender who's going to be able to give you a little bit higher batting average, but a low power ceiling. And again, 314 on base. But it's going to be significantly cheaper. You can probably get away with one tier two guy, 
So any one of those pitchers we may, left-hand pitcher Maddox Bruns, Emmett Sheehan, Dick Nestrini, Ryan Pepio, Gavin Stone, probably any one of those guys, plus a random lottery ticket prospect uh, farther down in the system. That's always an option as well. Uh, again, that doesn't necessarily solve the answer of you don't have offensive contributions at the shortstop position, but it is significantly cheaper and it does give you now two options in Miguel Rojas and IKF to get through the 2023 season with the assumption that Gavin Lux is back for 2024 or you have the option to make a bigger package in the offseason to, to go get a shortstop. In just a minute, we've got a few more options, some journeyman veterans and one former top prospect that I think is maybe a sleeper in all this. And we'll get to that next on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So we're looking at what the Dodgers are going to do to replace Gavin Lux. Obviously, it's not a great situation to have lost your starting shortstop in spring training. Uh, Definitely not when you are a system like the Dodgers that just do not have any high-level defensive shortstops in the system. There's not really a true shortstop in this top 30 anymore. And so very difficult to figure out how to replace them. I think one option you have to discuss is reaching out to the Guardians. The Guardians have a ton of middle infield prospects. It feels like the things they have are middle infield prospects in pitching. And so I feel like you have the option because it's an expiring deal and it saves them some money. You have the option to go out and get Ahmed Rosario. Veteran batted 283-312-403 last year. He's on a one-year deal, $7.8 million. Will be a free agent in 2024. Gets you right around average defense. He was a 977 fielding percentage last year. Again, reminder, the league average for shortstops is 974. But gives you a veteran who's been in the league for plenty of time who does not have that ramp-up period like you would have with a lot of prospects. You would have another veteran in Miguel Rojas there as well. This does not fill your offensive need at shortstop but it gives you multiple options for defense because right now you are one Miguel Rojas injury away from playing Chris Taylor at shortstop every day. So that is an option. Again, probably a little bit of a smaller compensation package. You're probably looking at a tier three guy, maybe a tier two, kind of depends. Not really sure what Cleveland's going to want from that. Uh, I know a lot of Cleveland fans want them to trade a prospect. It just feels like this is a scenario where they're going to want a veteran unless it is a top prospect. So I see Ahmed Rosario is more likely. There is always the possibility, because it is the Dodgers, that they try to make a package similar to what we talked about with the Brewers. They try to make a package and get one of these pitchers. So they get an Aaron Savali or a Zach Plesak. They get one of these well-known, prominent pitchers to go along with shortstop Ahmed Rosario Another option, if you're looking at a smaller deal, would be calling the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles have one of the lowest payrolls this year, as I complained about on yesterday's show. And so I do think there is a possibility of them being willing to move Jorge Mateo. That would be a scenario where it almost assuredly would be a pitcher, is what you would be sending as the compensation. And again, Jorge Mateo would absolutely be just a defensive option. Uh, Jorge, uh, while he has plenty of speed, 
And he did steal plenty of bags. I think he had 35 stolen bases last year. He also, 221, 267, 379. Uh, OPS was 645, 646. OPS plus is like 81. So below average offense other than the speed for steals. But defensively, playing shortstop, Again, same scenario we were in, 972, right there around average defense as far as fielding percentage. I know that's not the gospel, but average defense gives you another option that's younger, 27 years old. It could be 28 next year. He'll turn 28 during the season. Gives you another option instead of 34-year-old Miguel Rojas to be your starting shortstop. Neither one of these are great. Again, you struggle with the offense. This is more of a defensive choice. And you can find other defensive options in free agency. Jose Iglesias is a free agent right now. Andrelton Simmons, 33 years old, free agent right now. Not going to be glamorous at all. Andrelton Simmons might have a renaissance if he rejoins Freddie Freeman and Jason Hayward. Who knows? Atlanta West is what you'd be recreating there, but always an option. Here's the one that I want to propose that I think is a little bit outside of the box, but would work for both teams provided that they buy into this. And that is calling the Texas Rangers about Josh Smith. 2019 second rounder by the Yankees out of LSU. He was part of the Joey Gallo trade from the Yankees to the Rangers. This would be a nice way to seal that, to just to complete that circle. Uh, last year in AAA Round Rock, 55 games, 290, 395, 466. Six home runs. 23 extra base hits, 33 walks to 54 strikeouts, and 9 of 13 on stolen bases. He was up plenty last year. The stats were not great. 73 games in the bigs last year, 197, 307, 249. Did not look great. I will acknowledge that right now. I do think that when you watch what Josh Smith does very well, part of this was, you know, he he's, he was hurt a little bit, but Part of what he does well is he's very good at working a count. He's very good at gap power and then using his speed to take extra bases. He doesn't chase a ton. Uh, and when he, if he actually swings at a ball in the zone, he's almost guaranteed to make contact with it. We talked about this on Monday. Not the best measure, but average exit velo in the low 90s, max exit velo 106. He has the power. He also has defensive versatility. He's played just about everywhere. He played in the infield. He played in the outfield last year. He actually is listed in some places as a shortstop, third baseman, left fielder, second baseman. Like three or four different. He's probably your guy in fantasy. He's he's your he's your a younger version of Chris Taylor. That's what he is. And so would give you an option. He has the arm to play on the left side of the infield. He has offensive potential. He's not quite there. But I think he's a good compromise between the expense, the cost of someone like a Willie Adamas or an Anthony Volpe. But upside, unlike somebody like an Ahmed Rosario or an Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, he has the upside of continued development. He was just 24 years old last year. Size-wise, a little bit smaller, 5'10", 180. But it is something where the you could see the Dodgers. You have a veteran in Miguel Rojas. You have a youngster in Josh Smith. They love the defensive versatility. And 
they have a chance to continue to develop him uh, both physically and approach at the plate to make the most of his power and be able to use him in a good way. The compensation here, I think it's probably solidly a tier three arm. If I'm the Rangers, I'm looking for left-hand pitcher Ronan Kopp. But I think another option that the Dodgers could do would be outfielder Andy Payas. The thing with him, and I've been calling him Andy Pages now for months, and that's on me, but uh, the, the, the best comparison I can give you as far as style, the type of game that he has, is think about a Yasiel Puig. And when you look at the Rangers, they, they're infield set now for a while. They have all these guys signed for a long time. Their outfield as of right now is set up to be Adolis Garcia in right, Leody Tavares in center, Robbie Grossman in left. They signed Robbie Grossman in February. So you could see where you take uh, Andy Payas, who has huge power potential and a massive arm, and you combine him and Adolis Garcia in the corners with Leota Tavares in center, Robbie Grossman as your fourth outfielder, and then you have Clint Frazier, who's a non-roster invitee, uh, who could also be your fourth or fifth outfielder. Brad Miller is your DH, and he can play anywhere, including the outfield. And all of a sudden, you've upgraded your power potential of your lineup significantly at the cost of a utility player, knowing that your system has a ton of utility players already. So to me, this feels like the best combination of upside for the Dodgers to get a two-way player who can give both offense and defense, while the Rangers can get back an acquisition that can make their outfield better at a smaller cost than a lot of other teams would give up because the Rangers have so many middle infield utility type prospects. Let us know in the comments what you want to see for the deal, who you think the Dodgers should go for to trade, should make a trade for to replace Gavin Lux. And in the meantime, if you have questions for the show, our mailbag on Monday, uh, I, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, prospects at gmail.com or Drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh.